this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello, everybody. Welcome back as the Badass Fest continues to roll on today. We're talking about Enter the Dragon, a 1973 martial arts film. It's celebrating its 50th anniversary uh, just in a few weeks. Uh, it's kind of interesting that... We had an opportunity to put all four faces of the current Mount Crushmore uh, into our badass fest. We had the Arnold, the Sylvester, the two Bruces, and we're ending with Bruce Lee. Um, yeah, Into the Dragon, 1973 martial arts film, was directed by Robert Klaus, who also directed and assembled Lee's final film, Game of Death, uh, as well as worked with Jackie Chan in some of his Hong Kong films, such as Big Brawl and Jim Kata. Is written by Michael Allen, who also wrote Flash Gordon in 1980. It stars Bruce Lee, martial artist, poet, philosopher, actor, writer, director, champion cha-cha dancer. Mm-hmm. He's personally instructed in martial arts by the legendary Ip Man. He taught Kung Fu to Chuck Norris. Has the distinction of being one of the few men to beat Chuck Norris on film anyway. Of course, this is pre-beard. You got to put an asterisk with that. Uh, American audiences also saw him in Green Hornet, as well as The Way of the Dragon and Fist of Fury. Also stars John Saxton, a journeyman actor who plays... The only thing I recognize in his entire filmography is he plays a cop on Nightmare in Elm Street. Okay. Uh, as well as Jim Kelly, uh, who went on to have a successful career in black exploitation kung fu films, such as Black Belt Jones and Three to Hardway. I saw um, someone made a comment about this movie that it's incredible because John Saxton was an experienced actor who was surprisingly good at martial arts. Turns out he was a black belt. And Jim Kelly was a very experienced martial artist who happened to make a surprisingly good actor. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, and I thought, yeah, I thought uh, he uh, he's kind of like the one, you know, you're obviously looking for Bruce Lee, but this guy's the one's like, man, this guy looks like he's going to be a big star. And I guess he was. Mm-hmm. Also stars Anna Capri, um, who I don't rec- I didn't recognize any of her filmography. And she only did like one picture after this. Uh, Shekin, a legendary kung fu villain. Uh, he was 60 years old at the time of making this, but he had uh, had a, a, a career spanning over 30 years in Hong Kong at this time. Bob Wall. Uh, I think Bob Wall got mentioned in some of our Steven Seagal talk because he was one huh. of the many stuntmen and uh, martial artists of Hollywood did not did not, not take too kindly to Steven Seagal shit talking Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris. And he and 12 other, uh, I guess, stuntmen challenged Steven Seagal to a, a an honor duel. You'll never guess. Steven Seagal ducked it. Uh, Ange, uh, Angica Mao, who is a just, I guess, a legendary kung fu uh, actor who was nicknamed Lady Whirlwind because of her spin kicks. Uh, she's not in this movie very long. She was, I guess, pres- was being positioned as being the the female Bruce Lee. All right. Um, I probably probably hurt quite a bit by Bruce Lee's death. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I gotta say, Yang Xi, who you might better know as Bolo Young, I did not know this, but he took the name of the character from this movie as his stage name. The rest is a film. Of course, he is terrifying in Bloodsport, and I mm-hmm. can't believe 10 years younger, he's just as terrifying in this movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about him if you want to go deep, deep dive into the Bolo Young fan club. Check out our Bloodsport episode from last year's badass fest um so you know badass fest is all about 80s you know its core is 80s and 90s action movie heroes big burly beefy uh bozos what is bruce lee five foot eight 150 pounds soaking wet what the fuck is he doing not just in the badass fest but on top of mount crushmore jim yeah, he's he's none of the four Bs. I guess there are three season four Bs: big, burly, beefy, and bozo. Uh, he's none of those, <laughs> but he is three Cs. Uh, or well, I guess he's not technically three Cs, but he is on Mount Crushmore. Uh, I, man, as far as movie martial artists go, Bruce Lee is the one that stands head and shoulders above them, and part of that eighties nostalgia of badasses that we have is definitely around martial arts movies and I think a lot of it centers on Van Damme because he was kind of the poster boy, the poster child for martial arts in the 80s Um, because of things like the untimely death of Bruce Lee I imagine Bruce Lee might have been the Van Damme of the 80s if he had lived that long dude, there's a lot of fascinating what ifs to play absolutely man Uh, yeah, it's such a shame right I was thinking about that with Jackie Chan kind of stepping into a role like that, but he's more comedy focused. What if you had this intensity and this like edge that Bruce Lee brought to it throughout the eighties could have been awesome. Uh, but yeah, he, he kind of defines it. Um, and so he, I think definitely earns a spot there on Mount Crushmore. I mean, his fitness game is different than, you know, the big beefy brawlers and the bozos that we're talking about, but he definitely is at peak fitness, especially in this movie. You can see it. Yeah, the word that comes to my mind when we talk about Bruce Lee is that mystique because he wasn't just the guy who threw you know punches and kicks. He also had this like coherent life philosophy. He pioneered his mm-hmm. own martial arts. He has like his martial arts pedigree is kind of untouchable. And when you look at him, like his body looks like you know like arnold looks like it's made out of you know muscle and bone and it's 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 crazy in proportions but bruce lee looks like you took arnold schwarzenegger and put him in a dehydration machine like his <laughs> body looks like it's made out of iron bars and whatever that material they make dog chew to- toys out of and there's a couple scenes oh. where it's like when he's like throwing punches and just doing his moves like there's muscles you didn't know that existed on the human body that just stand out and 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 ripple on this guy and yeah. the speed the height he gets the fact that like a lot of hung a lot of hong kong guys hide the choreography with like under crank sped up footage bruce lee would do shit in slow-mo so you could see that he was connecting on and then you could see like as a as a way i think to show off the speed and the mm-hmm. agility that he was possessing um, and just like you always hear the term charisma with Bruce Lee and it's hard to define because you know he doesn't have a lot of speaking roles in this I guess he's a lot like Arnold in that way but mm-hmm. like when you just see like when he's in 
the zone in the final action scene in this movie and like you know when, when you see him striding around the battlefield looking for guys to kill i i don't know there's this look on his face uh yeah there's a calm <laughs> a confidence uh it's it's a little bit of stoicism but 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 there's also like a a natural sort of uh a, a presence there i, I don't know it's he's not he's not ignoring everything around him he's kind of absorbing it and and using it you know and and the other thing about it is like bruce lee is probably the most fun person to pretend you are as you're fighting like i remember as oh, a young yeah. man like six seven eight years old just doing these exaggerated faces no wow and just why you're punching everything and you're just making all these like and and he does this um the best the best the best time in the movie is when he break he he double jumps on some dude's spine and breaks it uh-huh. uh, the guy that murders his sister and he makes this like f- exaggerated face which which um uh, uh um van damme like shamelessly rips off so much of his stuff <laughs> yeah but he makes this like there's like this key and skill pit I uh this key and peel skit that I like where key and peel are playing these MMA guys who are taping promos for an upcoming fight. And Jordan, you know, peel is kind of like, you know, the normal guy, like, yeah, I'm going to get him in that round and it's going to be, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put some, I'm going to make him, you know, cry out to his mama. And the other cats keeps cutting on over to the other guy. And he's like, God has chosen me as the instrument to teach you his lessons. And he just like keeps on going and it's like, it starts to unnerve Peel, right? Uh-huh. And at the end, uh, Keegan's going like, God's lessons are so beautiful. Like a tear run. And like, this is what Bruce Lee is channeling. Like, yeah, yeah. God damn it. I'd rather be in my garden doing some Zen shit. I'd rather be doing poetry and calligraphy. Look, I'd rather be in my Shaolin temple just learning how to better myself as a human and god damn it you've got me out here killing people uh-huh. and i'm making it everybody's my i'm making it everybody's problem it's a testament to how amazing bruce lee is that this guy talk about five seven hundred fifty pounds people would debate back in the day about whether he could beat muhammad ali when i was a kid growing mm-hmm. up could you think bruce lee could beat mike tyson like that's the size of the fight that was in the size of the fight that was in this dog okay mm-hmm. Um, this is, yeah, he, he just, uh, this, this is, and it's all more or less in this film. This was the film that yeah. was going to package everything that made Bruce Lee great and bring it to American shores. And it worked. Yeah. That's the crazy part, right? This is his big swing for American audiences and they nailed it. He just didn't get to see the other side of that. And we didn't get to see what would have come of it. He's like Moses. He led people to the promised land, but he himself could not cross over because like it's, yeah. you know, there's like you know, this isn't an original thing to say. There's tons of ink spilt that Bruce Lee, you know, completely changed people's mind uh, about Asian leading men. You know, there was this like um, stereotype that Asian uh, men are submissive and you see them as domestic servants and they're genteel and they're this or that, but they couldn't ever like be a threat or be a badass or be uh you know like a, a leading man and bruce lee instantly changed people's minds and he made things like jet lee and jackie chan uh i'm missing just so many um uh, uh he, he made those things he made those things possible i mean mm-hmm. jackie chan is like you said is a one-to-one like 
does Jackie Chan happen without Bruce Lee? Right. It's an open question for sure. Jackie Chan in this movie. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard that. I, I've always known that. I've never actually watched close enough to spot him, even this time. Dude, I so I watched it the first I watched this movie the first time for in probably 20 years last night. Mm-hmm. And then I was doing my research and I saw that Jackie Chan was in it. And I'm like, fuck it. I know what fight he's in. It's the where Bruce is doing the bow staff. It gets snapped in two and he's fighting with the two sticks. Surely knowing that he's in it, I'll be able to pick him out. And I've seen this the freeze frame where Jackie Chan is getting like thrown into an arm bar while Bruce is about to break his face with his elbow and he's doing the Jackie Chan like and I can't buy I I couldn't see it in full motion. So yeah. Yeah. and I guess in that fight, Bruce Lee hit Jackie in the face with the, with one of those raw and he apologized and said, Look, to make it up for you, you'll be in every one of my movies going forward. <laughs> Uh, wah, wah. but but that's a big that's i mean that's a big reason bruce lee is on this list because he is that got that mystique like he mm-hmm. was extinguished at the height of his powers at his peak like just popping off and we don't know what would happen we don't know like we got robbed of all of jackie chan in his 30s and 40s doing action stars we got robbed of like i started thinking like i was reading about this uh uh is it is it shikan um the the villain mm-hmm. shekin like we got like how cool would it be to see like a 65 year old Bruce Lee as like an old bad guy in yeah. you know uh, he he'd be perfect in like John Wick right sure yeah um and we you know it's like, not like John Wick needs to be improved but like we there there's there's so much stuff that we just don't know and we you know maybe Bruce Lee got gets fat or maybe Bruce Lee's personal philosophy warps uh. into something ugly maybe he's got problematic Chinese nationalist beliefs that we don't get exposed to maybe sure. turns out he treats women terribly but like he dies at his prime and leaves behind his legacy where like he's just kind of like a good guy uh you can't hardly find anyone to say anything bad about him um, mm-hmm. Other than maybe he liked to fight in the streets too much when he was a teenager, uh, it's have, yeah. Have you seen uh, what is it? Dragon, a Bruce Lee story. Have you seen that movie? Uh uh-uh. That that one is really good. It's like a biopic about Bruce Lee, um, and they got a guy who I don't know that doesn't really look like Bruce Lee in my opinion to play him. But I saw that movie as a kid a bunch of times on TV and I really loved it. And it's kind of the thing that made me like really know anything about Bruce Lee. Cause I was never really watching his movies as a kid, but I was mm-hmm. watching that movie because it was on TV for some reason. Uh, I, I think the other movies were just too violent. This one's more of like, it's yeah, not just martial arts. It's movie. a story about him. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. And then they made a video game from that movie. It was really? interesting. Uh, yeah, on the Super Nintendo that I played a bunch. So yeah, I came I came to Bruce Lee in a weird way. It wasn't directly through his movies, but since I've seen, I'm pretty sure I've seen his major four movies. I guess including Game of Death, which is the one that was made sort of cobbled together out of footage um, yeah. that they had left over from shooting the movie that he died during filming and other of other of his lesser known kung fu like hong kong films they just put wholesale fights from that which knowing how these films are structured i could easily see Mm -hmm. that working i don't you know i don't i don't know that did but yeah uh so i don't know i've got a weird like history with the bruce lee movies and bruce lee but 
yeah, he he definitely deserves to be up there, in my opinion. I mean, if you look at how fast and how uh, fit he is in this movie, explosive. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't need to over under crank whatever the film to make him look faster because those scenes where he's displaying his speed are already so impressive. He just fucks with a cobra in this movie. Like uh-huh. a real cobra, handling cobras uh, as like a, a skit, as a comedy bit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he, he's much like the other Bruce and that the bloodier he gets, the cooler he looks. Uh-huh. Like Han doesn't do anything but just make him look more awesome, more like a Street Fighter character. And that's another thing. You know, aside from the Bruce Lee, this film is so fucking influential. Like, it's hard... It is it, actually as I was watching this with an adult as uh, with adult eyes for the first time, it's hard to understate just like how much of Neo like um, Keanu, Keanu Reeves martial arts performances. Neo is based on Bruce Lee, his manner mannerisms, the way he fought the like uh, the in ring charisma. Um, Bloodsport doesn't exist without this movie. Mm hmm. Yeah, in fact, so I think Frank movies. Dukes watched this movie and just wholesale invented his entire life based on it. Uh, like, this Kumite shit is just Hans Island, right? There's no fucking yeah, totally. way. Um, Street Fighter, the video game series, mm-hmm. Double Drag, which doesn't exist if Double Dragon doesn't exist. Double Dragon doesn't exist unless Enter the Dragon does. Two of the characters in Enter the or Double Dragon are named after characters of Enter the Dragon. Um, Mortal Kombat's entire fucking lore and setup is essentially this movie with an e- element of supernatural instead of the uh, you know heroin trade added uh, for for the mix. Yeah, they got um, Liu Kang in there is basically Bruce Lee. Right. I mean, they they essentially had to kind of import wire food to Hollywood to make fight scenes exciting again because this like. <laughs> You know, you go from like watching um, John Wayne, who yeah, it's a lot of fun watching him just fire off haymakers, just big wheeling haymakers at dudes in bars. But like once you see the, you know, some of the fights in this, I feel like the, the first fight and the last fight in this movie are the best. But once you see these things like, you know, Bruce Lee square off against Sammo Hung or... Uh, his mirror fight with uh, Han at the end of this movie. It's like, yeah, watching guys break chairs over each other in some dusty bar in the Southwest mm-hmm. just doesn't cut it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm yeah, sad once... that we didn't get a scene of Bruce Lee fighting Bolo. Cause Dude. I, I, you know, it, that's as close as you're ever going to get to Bruce Lee versus Mike Tyson, right? <laughs> like this big, beefy dude who you probably couldn't knock over if you tried versus this wiry, fast uh, beast. I don't, I don't know. I what I found out in researching this movie is like real kung fu heads hate this film. And it's interesting because oh, they'll be the first that? to admit that like I wouldn't be a kung fu head if, I, if this movie didn't exist. But this is like it kind of pisses them off that this is the thing that made kung fu famous in America a couple reasons uh number one the biggest uh the, the biggest argument they um hurl against the movie or lay against the movie is Robert Klaus is just kind of a shitty action director and I agree hmm. okay. many times watching this film I was so frustrated with the way they blocked the cameras that like 
you really cut it's like you needed to be another 20 feet back to really capture everything is happening like bruce lee will like jump up in the air and he's entirely off screen and he lands and and he kicks mm-hmm. somebody or the shit's just not centered or like you know there's you see some like long cuts of action and then some are you know uh they, they, there's a couple things I think work in first person, but I think they were over enamored with that style, and they it, it kind of ruined some of the choreography. But yeah, that, he, sh- he shoot it like he doesn't have a guy who can actually do this stuff. Right. The fact that uh, they had a bad uh, action director, that they had Ange- uh, Angela Mao, this lady whirlwind, and she's in the movie for like three minutes as a damsel in distress, like just backstory thing, and three... Uh, that yeah, you have Bolo Young at the height of his power, Bruce Lee at the height of his power, mm-hmm. and they don't fucking fight. Yeah, and Bolo Instead is they beat fight the by guy a, who's an actor first. Yeah, and and Bolo is beaten by a, just getting kicked in the nuts. Essentially, it's like yeah, <laughs> that uh, that's that's yeah. a rough one. But yeah, he's uh, he's a great part of this film too. Um, the other thing is like in terms of influence. A lot of people credit this as essentially birthing mixed martial arts. Like Bruce Lee, when he came to America, was famously frustrated with how regimented the martial mm-hmm. arts schools were in the East. Not just because they were not like you know they had very strict rules about you you don't you don't teach a person who's not of Chinese descent martial arts. In fact, um, Bruce almost got thrown out of Ip Man school because he's not fully Chinese. He's his mother's only half Chinese, so he's like mm-hmm. three quarters, and he. Uh, one of the reasons he was personally trained by Yip Man is I guess none of the other instructors would do it. Huh. Okay. So he got like personally trained by the master of this uh, dojo. Um, where was I going with this? But he I'm comes sorry. over here and starts Jeet Kune oh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because he thought like, well, why wouldn't you take the best elements of every martial art in the world? Like every martial arts around the world has something to say or some interesting technique. And he was fascinated by like arm bars and leg bars and things like that. Uh, ju- things in, in jujitsu and grappling and judo. And he incorporated mm-hmm. those into his martial arts that you just said. And we actually see like the opening fight scene is recognizably an MMA match. They've got the gloves on, <laughs> Yeah. They're doing complicated joint locks and submission holds, tapping out. Like it would, you be another twenty years before we see any of that thing televised. But the wheel started spinning right here in this movie, and look how huge mm-hmm. MMA is in the culture right now. It's bigger than boxing. Oh yeah, it's the the dominant combat sport for sure. And enter the dragon. It took fifty years, but like it did that, you know. Like, but yeah. it. it like uh, a martial artist other than boxing is a, is a, is the biggest thing in America. It's kind of kooky, but that's the power of Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. What else do we have to say in preamble? Uh, this was also not just a success uh, culturally and 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 uh, from a martial arts movie perspective, but as a film, this was enormously successful from a box office perspective. Uh, this movie was a big swing by the definitions of martial arts movies of the day. They spent about 850 grand on it, which in 1973 is a lot of money. Uh, this movie went on to make over $400 million, which, I mean, that's 400 times the budget. And that in, you know, accounting for inflation now is over $2 billion. I mean, this was an avatar level of success with... Nowhere near an avatar level of budget. Yeah. 
That's no, it's wild. Four hundred to one profit return. It's I think it's still by like at least one way of accounting the most profitable film that Hollywood has ever made. Yeah, it, it it's insane to think because like, and, and the Bruce Lee dies like a month before this movie comes out. Right. This would have changed. It, so, so he became a big star in the lead up to this movie over in Hong Kong, uh, over in China. He sure had to do the disguise stuff to go out in public he he was just mobbed constantly i think the same thing would have happened to him here if he had if he had lived to make more movies like this he would have become the biggest star on the planet yeah both, he, both domestic like, like and as island not to get mobbed he would just be right right he'd have to the most famous person the in the world yeah 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 i mean the, the writing is on the wall when you see the response to this movie in America and how big he already was in China. Yeah, that... I don't know. I wonder if that would have changed things for him, if he would have liked that or not liked that. It's interesting, because I wondered that, too, because there's a scene where he's meeting with this uh, British intelligence agent, and he is just dapper as fuck, man. He's wearing his three-piece 70s mm-hmm. suit, and he looks like a million bucks, and he's... uh I'm thinking like how much more polished he was in this than like when Arnold was when he got his start. And it's like, (laughs) Uh man, you got to think about like, because he had a lot of advantages. He was born in America. Uh, His dad was like a big opera performer in Hong Kong and they were doing Hmm. a, uh, like a three month show in San Francisco. And Bruce Lee happened to be born here. Birthright citizenship. He's American citizen. Uh, I guess he got in so much trouble fighting in the streets in his youth that his the police told his dad that, like, look, if he gets picked up one more time for fighting, he's going to have to do some serious jail time. So old man Lee said, you're going to have to go to America and lay low with your sister for a while. Bruce Lee attended the University of Washington, uh, got an education, majored in philosophy, which obviously shaped a lot of his uh, his views and thinking. But he has all those advantages where he was like a lot more immersed in the culture, even as he was going back to Hong Kong and, you know, doing movies and stuff like that. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, he didn't have nearly the burden in terms of like language and accent. It didn't seem that like uh, that Arnold did. And it's just like, yeah, I just I kept on while I was watching this. Like, God, I wanted to see a 40 year old Bruce Lee after he had 12 films on his belt. Like, can you imagine like just even as Enter the Dragon? I could see that being a 10 film series. It's like James Bond, oh, sure. only he kicks instead of shoots. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of spy movie in this for sure. Like this is already a better James Bond than like o- over half of them that were filmed in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the same arguments I saw people levy about this. Oh, it's slow in places. Oh, it's attitudes towards women are like everything you say about this movie is something you could say contemporary about a contemporary James Bond. Oh, for sure. And we just didn't, we just didn't get to see it. Uh, yeah. He's the James Dean of kicking and punching people in the face. It's just massive. Like, what if, what if, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Should we talk more about the movie in, yeah. in general? I'm ready. Uh, oh, by the way, before we get like, I guess uh, the, 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 the tail of the tape here, we didn't do this with Bruce Willis and it's, you know, Arnold and slider just, they're just one, one, one. Uh, Bruce Willis is uh, on the list, or I'm sorry, Bruce Lee is uh, the number five or number number four badass just in terms of score. Uh, he's got a .75 physical champion. So I'm reading the rules. It sounds like some of these rules are written with Bruce Lee in mind. Uh, .75 <laughs> physical champion on the C uh, 
the, the, the badass, the three C's rating system, denotes a ripped or thick individual of hulking stature or a true freak of nature level of ripped or shredded or a combination of intense physical fitness plus legitimate speed and skill. Bruce Lee is the two ors of this yep. condition. Uh, on charisma, we gave him a one, a perfect score on charisma, um, which uh, he definitely, I think, uh, embodies this. So one of the things is a person who could dismiss concerns of a lesser badass as a determined look. He does that a couple of times <laughs> in this times. movie. Yeah, it's really funny and awesome when he does it. Mm-hmm. And then we give him 0.75 for his badass roles, which required nine to eleven. Uh, or five or six, several which are iconic. I would guess that this would qualify as an iconic performance um, or an iconic role. But like, you know, we're we're grading on a curve here because he's he's uh, he he did get struck down at the at his height. Um, yeah, but I mean, he, uh, yeah. he had that iconic uh, yellow jumpsuit in Game of Death, which became an iconic yellow jumpsuit in Kill Bill. Oh my God, Tarantino! Like fully half of yeah. his whole of wall is, you know, him him riffing on Bruce here. Mm-hmm. But uh, two point five C champion or uh, badass, not bad again for someone who's five eight, hundred fifty pounds, soaking wet. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now, back with more Bald Move. Uh, we want to talk about the movie now. Yeah, let's do it. If you haven't seen the movie, the movie is thus. A British intelligence agent uh, goes to Bruce Lee's Shaolin Temple to recruit him to enter a martial arts championship. It's held three times every three years by nefarious underworld leader Han. Has his own private island. Uh, uh, the British intelligence think he's he's up to no good. And they entice Bruce Lee with the following detail. His head bodyguard killed your sister and disgraced your temple when they were in the city for the last tournament. Um, Bruce, along with another assemblage of badasses across the world, journey to Han's Island where they investigate what's actually going on as they compete in this grueling martial arts tournament uh, to expose Mr. Han as an evil guy. Honestly, the plot kind of falls apart in the particulars um, I'm not sure exactly what Han's <laughs> business is and what it's doing and why he's mixing so many Opium things. Opium and sex and I think old dudes. I don't know what the old dude prison is all yeah, about. But I don't. I don't either. He's like he's just 
locked up the original inhabitants of the island, maybe, but... If, maybe, maybe, yeah. If you let him out in Moss, they're able to take down all of his henchmen. I, I don't know. It, hmm. You don't you don't think he's got a he's got a bunch of daughters, I think, who are his mm-hmm. bodyguard. Um, it's just a whole bunch of tropes that lead up to one of the more impressive mirror matches I've I've ever seen in cinema, which we'll talk to at the end of this film. Um, yeah, that, this I mean, film generally, I I don't think like this film holds up amazingly well as like a film. I I think the thing you come you would ever watch this movie for is Bruce Lee, uh, and and seeing you know historically like what were what was the state of the art martial arts films at the time because it's more impressive than a lot of martial arts I've seen from that period, but it's nowhere near as slick as most movies, most action movies are today. Uh, yeah. Or even were in the 90s. So I grew up but seeing talking, stuff that looks a lot better than this and holds together a lot better than this. You're talking 17 years before that, uh-huh. you know, like a lot of the... And I don't think American films ever got to sophistication in terms of martial arts until you'd like the like Jackie sure. Chan and Jet Li yep. arrived later on in the 90s. So it's totally. like weirdly ahead of its time. And it is, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's dated in terms of the filmmaking, in terms of its cultural attitudes. Um, but like you said, the thing that makes it is Bruce and yep. some just insane production design at the end. Um, it gets and, and the film gets into it very efficiently. This is a very efficient film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just opens up. You're in the middle of a fight between Bruce Lee and again, famed stunt coordinator Samuel Hung. That's another what if yeah. that the martial arts heads like to play. Is like Bruce Lee was very precious about directing all of his fights and choreographing all of his fights. And there's a lot of kung fu heads that say if he had given all this over to Samuel Hung, this movie would be 10 times better. Because like Bruce really only knew how to direct himself. Hmm. And having all the other martial artists have to compete within that rubric of like, oh, the Bruce Lee way to fight kind of stifled. Uh, but I don't know because yeah. I think Jim Kelly still looks badass. He does, but but you can see it in like the if you look at the movie and and Bruce Lee's role in it overall, he doesn't get hit until he's fighting the main villain at the very end. Like yeah, not not touched a single time. Uh, then, like his that's very much like him directing himself as the hero there. I think. Yeah, and it's um. I the thing is, is like I don't know if I can knock him because like I'm trying to think of a movie hero that just took massive amount of punishment. That didn't that 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 didn't become Rocky. chic until later. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like Rocky, yeah. like Arnold getting a piss beat out of him and Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh it, it would it would happen later. Like and Steven Seagal's like a weird return to a guy who just like with one or two punches is just crumbling dudes. <laughs> Because that's the thing, like, Bruce just, like, what happens in these movies is guys come up to him, and he does his arms, like, Wah! and they just go flying. And, like, maybe a guy would get lucky and hit him with a broomstick in the back, and that's just going to earn him two extra punches and a more painful death. But, uh-huh. like, literally no one touches him until the final guy, and as we mentioned, the only damage that he accrues just is, like, style, it's like almost like war paint. Uh-huh. You know, tiger stripes. He gets yeah, tiger stripes by in this movie. Yeah. And um, it, the first time he gets hit, it's hilarious because it just pisses him off and he goes buck wild, man. He runs in there. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get you. And he chases this guy into his fortress. <laughs> uh huh. Like, you kick him once, you hit him once and it sets him off. He was just yeah, playing your, before. 
It's like uh, Michael Jordan, you know, he takes that personally. <laughs> yes. We talk about this being the birth of the MMA because you guys, he's got these guys in like thongs wrestling each other with these dopey gloves on their fingers and toes. Um, I thought there was yeah. a, a neat little flip out of the ring that he does, which I wish we could have seen a full shot because I, I don't know whether if he if he didn't use a trampoline, that's a super impressive thing. Probably use a yeah. trampoline, though. Probably. There's a couple of shots I imagine he did like jumping up into that tree and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but this so we fight, find out like, like I, the, they're making a, a good show of this kind of tubby dude moving really well, right? Like, he, mm-hmm. yeah, he's got some meat on him, but also he's a martial artist and he can move a lot. But man, mm-hmm. you can put him up against Bruce Lee, who's moving look, like water. Uh, and it's kind of a joke. I wonder how like they're because con- like I guess these guys are good friends. They work together for a long time. But like you le- read Bruce Lee and he's talking about and you look at his body like his body's mm-hmm. like shredded wheat. And he talks about how he doesn't eat refined flour. I mean, he sounds like an athlete from the 21st century. I don't eat sugar. I don't eat these empty calories like my body is a high performance sports car and it requires high performance fuel like and he talks to like, yeah, Samuel Hung, who clearly likes the dumplings. Sure. and the yeah. the crab or whatever else he's, he's liking like oh, i wonder what their conversations are like you know at the craft service table uh-huh. does he give him shit about like you know <laughs> might be able to beat me in some of these fights if uh you push away maybe like there, there might because be some shit talking i imagine the contrast like it's mm-hmm. really really contrasted when you get the bolo young like that yeah, is yeah. like the two you got the the rawhide versus the big slabs of beef um but yeah, the, the, the movie begins in earnest. You find out there's this old English guy who has been scrutinizing the students and he's approached a master. He needs their best martial artist to go infiltrate the, the Hans Island Fortress. Um, there's an interesting five minute detour the movie takes where this guy named Lau, this young man, uh, he's in the middle of this conversation with this uh, British intelligence agent and he's like oh it's Lao's time and they have like this little it's not even a fight it's like a life lesson that Bruce Lee teaches him mm-hmm. this feels like an insert by Bruce Lee It that's exactly what I felt like he's like I need to talk about my martial arts philosophy give me five yeah. minutes and he just does yeah there's no real space in the movie otherwise to do that yeah, it very, very much felt like Bruce Lee wanted this to not just be an action movie, but something that would teach people. Yeah, and you wonder what the 80s and 90s would have been like. Because, like, I think of the 80s and 90s, and they're all it's all like the Terminator. Like, all these guys are emotionless. They don't feel joy. Mm-hmm. They don't really feel passion or love. And you have Bruce Lee here saying that you have to fight with emotion. That you can't, you got to feel but mm-hmm. also you've got to like you know be so that like you like the, the he mentioned that the like the thoughts are pointing to the feelings and he makes this um analogy of like it's like the finger pointing to the moon don't concentrate on the finger or you'll miss all the heavenly glory i wonder like what mm-hmm. the 80s and 90s action movie landscape would have looked like if that kind of school of thought had been allowed to flourish in the film or if bruce lee would have been beaten into because you could see Bruce taking that like like that battle trance state where he just enters into like this bloodlust and it takes over and he, you know it's like look what you made me do I, I don't know but it would have been interesting to see yeah I, I do wonder you know what lessons they would have taken from this movie 
because uh, it being such a huge box office success, of course they want to try and replicate that. But what do they think made it so successful? Is it yeah. Bruce Lee himself? Is it his philosophy? Is it his style of action? And how does that translate to future movies? And how much power would Bruce Lee have been allowed to amass within the system? Like, would yeah. he have ever become like an executive producer? Call. I mean, it sounded like he, he was, was writing already. and directing. Yeah, yeah, he had a lot. But and, and you'd think that this would have just given him like unlimited right checks yeah. power, at least for a year or two. And I think those, yeah, it would be interesting to see um, where that mm-hmm. would have uh, gone to. Uh, so he, the the lesson at the end, the Lowe's lesson concludes, and the credits smash into our screen, and. It's a moment of unintentional comedy, but when the titles appear on the screen, they're they're punctuated by Bruce Lee doing his rah, yeah. And I it uh, it sounds like a it sounds like a parody of itself. Uh, in, yes. in 2023, <laughs> it does. And they filmed uh, you know, this movie without sound, so all of that stuff is like inserted after the fact. I literally wonder what that recording booth was like. <laughs> literally every sound so i did not i didn't know this about hong kong films that they're like they just didn't bother to record sound it's like everything is going to be because this is all going to go out in 17 different languages and nobody speaks that like you'd have seven languages being spoke on set so it's just like Mm -hmm. just 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 no sound at all and we'll dub it all in but but yeah like some of those big fight scenes i gotta think like there's like three or four dudes in hong kong in some booth just screaming into a microphone Uh and grunting and um, do you know I had an increased appreciation of Bloodsport the movie because we talked about how they had this like Russian dolls of nesting flashbacks that start oh, off Bloodsport yes. it all comes from this fucking movie yes and there, I don't know why there's a double flashback right at the beginning here so they're all like getting off the boats to go to at mainland China I think to get yeah, on another great- boat to go over to the island Great montage of all the badasses arriving. You got the 747s mm-hmm. coming. You got Jim Kelly working his way through the streets. You got John Saxon. But you have to flash back to both of these guys' weird backstory setup, which is not you, really you needed. You have to flashback? I don't think you need to flashback. I think you could have done this as setup before they got to before they were on their journey, right? Like all of the Bruce Lee stuff here makes more sense if he's just talking as he's about to leave to go to this tournament, right? If he's just talking to his master or his his dad, I I don't know who this guy is. He the, calls him old the, man. It's, I think it's the I think yeah, you're right. He doesn't call him master. I, I always thought it was the the head of the temple, but I did too. I don't, but he, you don't call your sensei old man. Also, do shale and monk masters pull switchblades on people in the street? Like <laughs> they should as their first as their first move, you know, like uh-huh. I'm going to cut you, bitch. Like that's that that yeah. was that was kind of wild. <laughs> but, but yeah, they do this thing where he they flashback. They specifically do like the watery, you know, transition uh-huh. effect. And then they flash back to him talking to this old man who then flashes back to three years ago. The last time this tournament happened where his sister got killed. That bl- it's got to be it's got to be an homage, right? Like it, it copies the structure exactly. Bloodsport does. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So a lot of my laughing at that movie, uh, you can take back because it's like clearly, I think. And the thing mm-hmm. is, is like with with this movie, it makes sense because I don't know how they open with the uh, clearly. There was a prime directive to open with an amazing martial arts film, uh, uh, exhibition, and mm-hmm. I don't know how you properly set up the movie if you do that, but like. I thought it was a little much to do three separate flashbacks for both 
you know, maybe they should got, yes. you know, they, they should have done two weeks earlier and then just done all the build up leading up to this. But I just think you cut away, you cut away, you show Roper, you know, getting in gambling dead, having no money and then leaving for the fight. And then you cut to Bruce Lee arriving. Uh, and then later in the movie, you can have the stuff with Jim Kelly uh, kind of kind of getting to his background. You don't need it all in this one moment. But that's what I mean when I say, like, this is not the most sophisticated movie uh, from a filmmaking no. perspective and storytelling. I, I think it's it's passable, but, you know, it's not the shining example here. And the thing is, is they built like I was impressed by how much depth again relatively speaking they gave jim kelly and john stock a, 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 a saxton you know they took the times like mm-hmm. oh this guy is in debt to the mob uh this guy has got you know this racial animosity because you know he's trying to do a black dojo and in, in kentucky and i guess this is all i think loosely based on some of his real life experiences and you got the cops you know hassling him and calling him racial slurs mm-hmm. and you know, he's got to fight his way out of the city like that stuff was interesting and it fleshes those characters out but to what purpose? Because they don't actually do anything with that extra flesh. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes them immediately recognizable. Well, so Roper's story doesn't make him sympathetic necessarily. Like a guy who's addicted to gambling and but he's <laughs> gets just in a trouble good dude. with the mob. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he's a good dude. He leaves 67 bucks to his assistant or whatever. Uh yeah, but you do feel sympathetic towards uh, Jim Kelly's character, towards Williams. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because like I was thinking about this in terms of like Mortal Kombat and how much this, like Mortal Kombat is like a movie or I guess a video game series, but also a movie that's kind of like interrogating this movie for information about itself. Because who is the the big flashy movie star persona in that? Uh, oh, Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage is clearly John Saxton. But John Saxton, like, you okay. think about, like, he doesn't have, like, okay, he's a Vietnam War vet and he's a gambling degenerate. But he's also apparently a rich businessman with a lot of money and, like, this dandy who has a lot of... None of that stuff, but, like, there's this these trappings of a character that then Mortal Kombat comes and, like, oh, actually, he's a famous movie star. That's why he's got all... And it, it actually mm-hmm. fixes some of the issues with the John Sta- Sa- Saxton character. But I, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting that these movies like are based on each other and flesh out and elaborate each other, which then, you know, hmm. kind of might kinda... feed back into what you think of the original. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But they, yeah, I don't know. They they show this this Bob Wall character um, who is clearly supposed to that they really would rather have Chuck Norris. Uh, this is a Chuck Norris type. Yeah, they offered it to him, and he's like, ah, "I got my ass beat once by Bruce Lee. Yeah, Not interested. Yeah, uh huh. I got you see. Then and there's going to be this thing called the internet inv- invented in like forty years, and I'm going to uh-huh. be this giant meme. And if I get beat twice, is this it's going to really fuck up my mystique? Yeah. Um, but they show him getting like, you know, the scenes like they try to build this guy and they just didn't do a good enough job. This is the Bennett. This yeah, is the huh? this is this is the Bennett of 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 uh, uh, Commando where he just like they they want this big heat and this big beef between him and Bruce Lee. And I just I don't buy any part of it. I think I'm with you. I, I don't think they do quite enough to set this up. I, you're, you're left to infer a lot of what would have happened with his sister 
Um, and a lot of the, the reason why she does what she does, it, it's they they just don't spend enough time on it. I guess I would want to see him insulting maybe and taunting Bruce Lee a little bit more. Yeah, uh, really antagonizing him. I look, I know he killed the sister effectively, but like. I wanted to see him rub that in his face first before yeah, Bruce like, Lee just dispatches him. I feel like another uh, a movie of his made 15 years later, there would be a scene where he either says, you know, you killed my sister and then to rub it in. He's like, I don't even remember her, which is one way you can go with those speeches or, oh, sure. I remember your sister. That was at the tournament three years ago. Oh, I, and yeah, taunting him. Mm-hmm. With she actually she killed herself. like elderberries and, or whatever. Yeah. Right, right, right. You could do that. But like, yeah, they just it just doesn't. And, and he you know again bruce lee just defeats everything without too much problem except for the big butt guy at the end yeah but it was an especially disappointing fight and all this scene of like you imagine chuck norris just getting beat with like broomsticks and shit Mm -hmm. uh and like punching through boards that are on fire and you know bruce bruce lee's got the perfect you know retort to that it's like oh boards don't fight back but it's it's unimpressive and they don't really ever do anything to build build him up um they try and get a little bit to like the sacrifices he's making personally for this revenge too because they say like his sister and mother wouldn't have approved of him going to this tournament and killing this man but he does it anyway and that's the thing that's the thing when I'm thinking about like how Bruce Lee's movies compare to Jackie Chan's movies Jackie Chan goes for that comedy Bruce Lee has like an edge a dark edge to him it's a pathos yeah yeah, that I think would have developed super interestingly in the mm-hmm. subsequent movies if he was able to make them. And I would have yeah. loved to see what that looks like. It might have ended up like cringy anime, like, I apologize, Master, but I must go all out this one time kind of bullshit. Because like, there's be even trophy, a little yeah. bit of that in a movie where I don't know why the producers or the writers decided they need to make this um the fact that there's no guns in this movie a plot point right you know because jack because bruce lee himself is like i don't get it why doesn't someone pull out a 45 and ice this guy and he's like oh well you see Uh mr han had a bad experience with guns so he's banned guns off of his entire island even though we'll see no metal detectors no luggage being searched just like Uh just, just don't worry about indiana jones bullshit there's no going no one's going to pull a a gun at any point it's like mm-hmm. they spend a couple minutes building the universe that there's no guns, and it's like I would never have thought in a million years watching this movie, why doesn't someone take a gun and just shoot this guy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a martial arts movie. I don't expect guns necessarily. I saw that um that when they're filming the scene that like I guess Bruce Lee was personally annoyed because he wanted this to be like his big action movie breakout and he wanted to like intentionally be James Bond and one of the things is he wanted to shoot somebody he wanted to have a gun he wanted to shoot somebody and the money people were like no 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 this is a hung this is a kung uh a, a kung fu movie <laughs> they're kung fu kung fu explaining the to to Bruce Lee <laughs> Uh, uh, what a kung fu movie is, and say like, if you have guns and his, and I guess his real life annoyance at not being held a gun, he channeled in the scene because the stink face that he gives when this old British fart says, "Oh, there's just not going to be no guns in this movie," is high <laughs> comedy. Nice. Um, but 
And then, but then also Bruce, because I think personally this was his opinion uh, about he didn't like guns, and he says, you know, any any or no, I guess it's the old guy puts it in his mouth. Uh, any bloody fool can pull a trigger. Like there's this like shit talking guns. Um, and he explains that there's this Myling uh, agent who has already infiltrated the uh, island a few months ago. They've lost track of her. That they might she might be able to rendezvous with her, and to give him a little emotional spice. He reveals that uh, Han's bodyguard, this uh, Chuck Norris reject, personally was involved in the death of a sister. And we flash back to see the, uh, you know, lady flying kick going about her business, getting menaced by Mm -hmm. these rude, aggressive guys and her fighting them off and running. And I, I, I thought it was a pretty. What did you think of this action scene in its own right? I thought it was good. Uh, I was uh, the trouble is I'm questioning like what does this have to do with anything because we're in a double flashback who the fuck cares is right. this just this an excuse exact to same. do like a lady fight or what but it connects by the end uh, so I was a little distracted during it but I thought it was a good fight yeah I did too and like especially there's something kinetic about the parkour where they like like mm-hmm. get on uh, like a big crane or maybe even a helicopter and she's just running around these ramshackle buildings and like she pole vaults into a pig farm and then yeah, there's an element of what of I really like about Jackie Chan stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can see, like I said, you can you can see all of the DNA and, and uh, like I this literally is uh, everything that you're going to see in the next 20, 30 years kind of connects back in one way or another to this movie. And it's it's all very obvious lines of heredity, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they finally corner her. And like I the first time I watched this film uh, last night when well, I guess the first time in a long time. It was kind of unclear to me, like, were they trying to suggest that this guy had psychic powers and was causing her to kill herself? Like, I was like, that's an interesting oh, wow. thing. Um, but then it's like, I think it's pretty clear that, no, she just killed herself rather than being taken. Mm-hmm. And all that implies by these men. Um, yeah, so was she one of the women that they had chosen to, like, kidnap and bring to the island a drug? It might have been, During yeah. Now that I, because because that's one of those things that's like it's a stupid film that doesn't require a lot of thought to understand. But if you really want to articulate exactly what's going on, I feel like you need a couple more watches because yeah, some of this shit I thought was murky. Um, but but yeah, that that uh, it seems like he gives people these offers they can't refuse. Like you know, he that the men mm-hmm. he either kills them if they refuse his offer, and the women he just uh, enslaves them. So uh, the old man survives. And, I guess he slashes open. O'Hara, yeah, uh, slashes his face open and then gets away. We don't really. Which do we again, really even see what happens to him? No, and that's what I'm saying. He get which um they all run after the woman, and it's like again, I think they could have done a better job of connecting. You know, if if this character had ever recognized Bruce Lee, because like yeah, these these the, his family gave him the scar. Mm-hmm. And it's like a very memorable thing that happened, but there's like not a really any recognition that like, oh, this is my arch nemesis. So, yeah, Um, I was I dude, I did like an hour and a half of research on Chinese boats because I was okay. fascinated both by these big sailing junks because, you know, I've always heard about like the very different answers that they had to sailing technology than like, you know, the the West came up with. And if I always want to know why, and I'm like, fuck it, I, I'm going to just lean into this. I, I was like fascinated by those little, like you would call them rowboats, except for they're using this giant like uh, rudder to kind of go back and forth to swim like a fish does. 
Yeah, he's doing the most rowing. I I don't know. It and, didn't look very efficient to me. But but there's this sure. little woman with a kid strapped to her back. That's dude just 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 paddling these boats through and fro the 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 bay here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was wild. I did none of this is going to make it into the podcast, but I know about an hour and a half more about <laughs> Chinese junks than I did uh, uh, the the day before. Um, and I guess that's something that like also Bruce Lee wanted to have like some authentic Chinese stuff, like you know, mm-hmm. in terms of the sets, in terms of design, in terms of the martial arts, in terms of the, you know, he he wanted to have uh, a certain sort of authentic uh, authentic look. I don't know whether we got it or not, but well, they filmed out there. I know one of the frustrating things about this production is they were filming out in China and the Mm -hmm. sophistication of their equipment uh, and their methods was not up to the Hollywood standard. They, they were really disappointed with like their lighting gear and they had essentially like clothespins and curtains and shit to bounce light off of Uh, instead of all, you know, the C clamps and stuff that they were using. Over here. Is that what kept him from blocking the action correctly? Is that why Bruce Lee's half off the frame a lot just couldn't see the Probably shot well enough? Not. To... <laughs> no, I, but I thought that yeah. was some big shit. These guys talking about how below standards the the cinematography <laughs> gear when they submitted this movie as an end result. It's like it's okay, poor poor craftsman that blames their tools. <laughs> damn, damn straight. <laughs> we'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. And now, back with more Bald Move. So, yeah, we have these, uh, as the men are being taken to the junk that's going to take them to uh, Hans Island, we have these nested flashbacks where we see Roper owes a lot of dough on gambling debts, and he gets jumped by these mafia toughs and has to fight his way out and goes, accepts this, um, accepts this invitation to the island um, to kind of dodge these debts. And it makes me wonder, like, how the, Han, how the hell did Han know this guy? Like, there's nothing about this guy yeah. that screams famous world famous martial arts guy he got back from vietnam five years right. ago and has what been a vagabond just been got rich and then started gambling and <laughs> lost it all like yeah where's your time for kung know. fu man couldn't tell you but but williams knows him they they were in the service together i guess yeah they were in vietnam together mm-hmm. and I couldn't say no more about that because I, they don't either. Like, <laughs> no. what branch of the service? What part? Uh, no. Yeah. Um, and we flash back to Jim Kelly getting hassled by um, some law enforcement officers for having the crime of going to China via Hawaii. 
um, right of having a passport yeah um we're greeted we, we meet this guy named parsons from new zealand mm. um and he's just going to be the bully He's going to be the uncouth bully that the other heroes are supposed to identify with, like, see bullying the guys and, uh, you know, disappro- they're not going to do anything about it, but they mm-hmm. disprove of it just to just to let us know that nah, they, they don't like they don't like all this bully shit. Um, and there's uh, and it's just he's it's just he's just bumming everybody out on this junk trip. Uh, they pass the time with praying mantis fighting. Mm hmm. And then Bruce Lee decides, I'm finally going to do something about this New Zealand bully who's like <laughs> kicking oranges all over the place. Uh, and he lets himself be challenged to a fight and says, uh, my style of fighting is the fight without fighting. And demonstrates this by luring him into a lifeboat and then uh, paying out the line until he's just stranded, uh, I don't know, 100 feet behind the junk. Yeah. Uh, in a sinking boat, it's clear that that, that boat, boat is sinks going down. Yeah, as soon as they get done filming, right? <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah, it's completely swamped. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I don't know. I I would think this guy drowns, except for he loses the first fight on the island. So I know he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, that that boat. Woof woof. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, we get to Hans Island. He welcomes everybody with a huge party. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. There's parrots and parakeets and budgies and pigeons and all kinds of. I don't know this guy. Hans is obsessed with birds. Uh, he's got mm-hmm. two of the skinniest sumo wrestlers I've ever seen in the world mm-hmm. fighting a sumo match. Uh, Jim Kelly busts out the wild opinion that Chinese food is disgusting. Actually. Mm-hmm. Thought that was interesting. See, see where we're at culturally in America with Chinese food uh, in 1973. Not, <laughs> not in a good place. Not in a good place. All Chinese food, bad. Um, and he welcomes everybody with this speech, like, "Whoa, we, uh, we are men who create ourselves. We forge our bodies in the fires of our, our will, and I'm here to find the best." Um, to waste a little bit he- of time here with his. I want to say these are his daughters, but they're not all his daughters because one of them is Mei Ling, which I, very, confuses the issue. I don't know why they have. Well, I it's do a know giant why they have fuck her come up. out here. It's a yeah. giant fuck up because these are clearly intended to be his inner circle bodyguard, which he later establishes are his daughters. But mm-hmm. maybe he's got so many of them that she's able to just. <laughs> hey, dad, <laughs> how's it going? They each other. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> are you? I, wait, have I ever seen oh, him? She darts an apple. He's like, oh, it must be must be one of my daughters because uh-huh. how else could you possibly dart an apple? But but all of this time is wasted. Everything about his daughters is wasted because they never matter in this entire movie. No. The personal guard never fights Bruce Lee, never fights anybody else. Like, they are gone. Once they're introduced, they're gone. I don't know what yeah. the point is. It's I think it's titillation, honestly, because it's also confused because I thought I thought he was kind of showing off these women to because like, you know, there's the next scene is like, you know, he says that no one can go out from the grounds at night. You all got to stay inside. And I think to facilitate that, he makes available these these women. And I thought it was the same girls who were throwing the apples and the darts. But like I said, I think those are his daughters, which are all I, I don't know. I don't know where he has all these other. I guess these are the women that have been drugged in subservience. Yeah, but his daughters aren't off limits in that because Bruce Lee specifically asks for mailing, not not by name yeah. because they don't know her by that. But 
Right. And and the madam's like, yep, no problem. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't. <laughs> they they put more than a thought or two into this uh, at the plot. Yeah. Um. But this is what lets Lee. The importance of this scene is it lets Lee recognize the operative because if not yep. for this, I don't know what the movie would have done to get the plot going. Um. There is a scene of the guys picking out their women, which mm-hmm. is you know like Jim Kelly picks out like four, and then apologizes to the fifth one for not picking her. It's like you got. It's been a big day, baby. It's I'm I'm a little tired. Uh, it's I like, buy oh, that. He, this dude's probably got a lot of endurance. He's been training his whole life for this. True, moment. true, true. To to make his way through four, what couldn't quite get to the fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, so they also established this rule that all of the competitors are supposed to be wearing this little uniform. I think it's the first step toward honification. Like, you know, he's like grooming these guys okay. to be part of his organization. And Bruce says, fuck off. I ain't going to do it. And these two tough guys come up to hassle him about it. What's Bruce do, Jim? He just stares at him. He yeah. He just looks at him. <laughs> like, what are you going to do about it? He does the telltale bad guy Lee style of just not, yeah, just dot, dot, dotting you. And these guys are like, you know what? Not worth making Bruce Lee wear his clothes, okay? I'd rather I'd rather deal with the consequences from my boss with, the, with several metal uh, bladed hands. I'd rather deal mm-hmm. with that consequence than fight this man right now. Yeah, yeah. Which that's kind of funny because that's exactly the stakes. You know, you find out that mm-hmm. this guy ruthlessly punishes any. So like, yeah, Bruce Lee's walking around without his pajamas on this entire thing. And Hans is cool with it. I guess so. Did you tell? And also, this guy's name is Lee. He's his character is Lee. So it's convenient. He, he's yeah. like, did you tell Mr. Lee to wear his fucking uniform? Oh, I forgot. I forgot, Mr. Han. <laughs> I promise I'll get to it tomorrow. You fucking better. You're going uh, to fight, fight Bolo. Yeah, he's having Bolo just like pull dudes apart uh, uh, for 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 less lesser crimes. Apparently, I don't know. Um, I love this next scene because it has like this is such a kung fu movie trope. Uh, the montage of dudes with these giant steel bowls full of gravel. Oh, and like yeah. as they're warning you, they're just they're just like punching these 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 fucking buckets of gravel. And as you the camera walks down the line, you can see the rocks getting smaller and smaller. Until finally, there's a guy just running his hands through sand because their <laughs> hands are so tough. Uh-huh. They're busting the gravel down the sand. It's great. It's great. Yeah. And these are the dummies that Bruce Lee is going to dismiss with a single punch later. I mean, they're right. That's the thing that I love is how they're showing how tough his students are, but how easily Bruce Lee dispatches them. Right. Like these guys all have hands of of, of rock, which is going to be useful when you when you when you go up to against a man with hands of iron. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I fucking love it. Bolo Young makes himself, you know, uh, a present here. And I, I thought, like, I had my notes. It's like, I wonder if he's going to be noticeably skinnier. You know, like this nope. guy, he's like in his early 20s. He's got the worst haircut I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Dude. Dude. <laughs> Come on. Everybody in this movie, I don't know if they did a casting call for weird looking dudes, but, and I know it's the 70s. But I think Bruce on. Lee's wearing a wig, dude, for most oh, of might, this film. He might be. Yeah, it's uh, possible. <laughs> I've I've seen Bruce Lee with good hair. Uh-huh. Uh, but the Bolo Young, uh, not I've seen Bolo Young with passable hair, but like this, like mm-hmm. I, I feel like he slept for three days. 
on one side of his face without moving the entire time. They're like, Bolo, you're on set now. And he just ran right on and, and got right in front of the camera because that's the only way I can explain this guy's, this man's ha- uh, hair in this movie. It doesn't matter though. Bolo Young is no. an intimidating looking man. No, I would not say, I would, I would hope none of this guy, this man is still alive and I still fear him wherever he's at now. I don't, don't want any of this getting back to him. Nope. Uh, Jim Kelly easily beats up the New Zealander, which we'll never hear from again. Um, yeah. And then Roper, they have this comedy bit. I guess this is why the, the, the world building is a little like it's, there's the whole flashback. Jim Kelly has a, uh, trouble with the man, so that when they're leaving Hong Kong, he can make a, re- a remark about the ghettos being terrible everywhere. And the other guy has Roper has gambling debts so that he can put on a big show on his first day of like carrying this guy until the crowd's betting against him and then beating him with one punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hustling. I do like I do like the sound that the guy made when he turned the corner and he stopped getting job by this guy and he's just like I think the first thing he does is like hit the guy in the nuts and the dude just makes this I I can't even do it it's so much higher pitched and sharper but it sounds like a guy getting punched right in the dick when he wasn't expecting it and I respect that dude I regret our choice of Armageddon for this year's uh, Badass Fest because it is the only movie that does not feature multiple crotch shots you are right there are four in this movie nobody could have kicked ben affleck in the the, the dick really right (laughs) i mean the movie kicks me in the dick with the animal cracker scene but it's true this is where this is where guns just fuck up movies man if 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 bruce couldn't have shot couldn't have chased him all over the oil rig with a shotgun we might have got ben affleck kicked in the nuts but you're right steve buscemi couldn't have slipped and landed on that giant nuke oh, with his crotch yeah. we were so close to having badass fest 5 mm-hmm. subtitled the nutcracker and we just couldn't get it done damn uh at night we throw in some raw sex appeal uh roper's got uh, he I, so we didn't talk about this but roper when the girls were filed in to make a selection he chose the head lady which mm-hmm. <sighs> Which 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 excited her? I feel like if you're the you're the woman who's running this insane drug lord, uh, mental hypnotism, heroin, <laughs> sex comfort ring, that the last thing you'd want to do is one of the fucking Johns to be like, oh, actually, little lady, I think you're the like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, I fucked my way to the top, and now I'm still having to fuck you guys. Oh my god, this is miserable. But that's yeah. what that's what she ha- that's what that's what the story is. Um. And they have this little, this whole fucking tryst with him being into the 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 head lady, mm-hmm. is just so like a five second scene of him surveying the carnage at the end of this movie, and he sees her body in the dirt, and he's like, "Fuck!" for like two seconds before it keeps on going. Like there, there's there, they don't pay yeah. this relationship off at all. No, and I don't know if I'm supposed to feel bad because she died, but like, I don't. I really don't. She was instrumental in this sex, drug, old man perversion ring. I don't give a shit about her. At I don't best, want her to live. She's a Jelaine Maxwell type. Sure. At sure. worst, she is an enslaved person who's forced to enslave, uh, to capture and enslave other women. Like, yeah, it's yeah. A, it, like they didn't really sell the piteousness of her existence. 
No. It seemed like this was a very fun and glamour, glamorous job, and she was just so excited to be hit upon by this handsome and pr- presumably wealthy Western man. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't yeah, didn't didn't really make sense at all. Uh, but we did get to see some titty, so check the box off in 1973. True. Um, Bruce Lee and and Jim Kelly both leave in the night. Uh, Jim Kelly to practice his moves in the moonlight. Bruce Lee to do some sleuthing. Uh, which will be important later. Um, but yeah, Lee, he sneaks out. There's this action scene of him kind of like doing this infiltration thing, but nothing comes of it, literally, right? Yeah, he goes down and kind of sees that there is a subterranean portion of this island. Yeah. But then he immediately goes back up. And the guys are like moving barrels. Like none of this would have raised mm. my eyebrows. Like, okay, large compound has an underground storage thing. They're moving bare fifty ground, but 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 you know, whatever. It's uh they're laying they're laying the groundwork for something bigger, I guess. Um, I, I don't know what surplus like World War One era barrels they were using, but these are the rustiest barrels I've ever seen. They I noticed that too. I don't know. Like these are ready to, you, you, yeah, these are ready to burn trash in. That's about the only thing you can yeah. do with them. Yeah, they're gonna rust out, and whatever you're still, all your opium is just gonna leak onto the floor. I, I want, I, I you got to think this is the best barrel they found, right? Like they're uh-huh. going through all the prop barrels. Yeah. Like everything else has visible rust holes and shit leaking out of. It. It's like this is our best barrel. <laughs> Wheel it out there, Gary. <laughs> right. They had subpar lighting equipment and subpar barrels over in China. I guess. Um, so next day everybody wakes up and Han's like, I strictly told you guys to stay in your goddamn bedrooms and one of, and and you didn't. And that's not a problem for you guys because really it's ultimately the guards fault for not putting the kibosh on this. And they bring out all the guards that Bruce Lee beat up last night and they unleash Bolo Young on them. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. This guy. Um, I was wrong. He's not smaller when he's younger. He is just as fucking... He's just built different. I've never seen yeah. a guy built this way. Yeah. No, it's... I, I have. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, he gets to that level of bulk that, that he packs onto the size of his own frame, right? It's not quite as proportional or sculpt, but, like, the sheer uh-huh. size, the slabs, the pectorals, the thighs, the butt... Yeah, the trice it's he's just huge from just from ever it's just yeah he's the anti bruce lee and he just runs uh roughshod over these guys and he's got that same i love that he makes the same satanic face Mm -hmm. you know that we talked about like when he snaps he's got this particular ah kind of net face he makes yeah very entertaining to see it fully intact in 1973 and i want to say these are the first kills of the movie um before we were just kind of fighting as a sport this is yeah. fighting to the death this is punishment yeah i like how you like usually when you grab a guy by the hair and you pull his face in the camera it's just a one you can just grab one good handful not bolo you know, he gets both hands mm-hmm. just just grabs this guy's head and the hair and <laughs> lifts it up and then snaps it by i got presumably by his hair grip that's insult to injury mm-hmm. and then this other guy he like takes a look at these five guys getting folded by Bolo Young and makes a sensible decision to run. Uh-huh. And uh, Bolo Young's like, not so fast, grabs him, and he's holding him like a baby. <laughs> he's holding him like a baby. And he just squeezing hugs this guy until his body breaks in his grasp. It's fucking awesome. 
Yeah, I'm not certain that would work. I, if you did it if, the opposite way, if you were... Yeah, yeah, if he was face down and you were squeezing, that would work, but whatever. It's still pretty cool. He's like a python. He just squeezes the, the life and presumably, like, I guess I this guy had to shit his pants when this was happening, right? That's the only oh, thing I yeah. can think about. This this All this pressure on your torso to the fact that your your ribs and spine are breaking. Your bolo's going to get messed is what I'm May, saying. Maybe it's not that his ribs and spine are breaking. Maybe he just can't breathe. Like, he's compressing his lungs so much that the guy... There's a lot of celery sticks being snapped in the background for no bones yeah. broken, but yeah, true. I mean, <laughs> Bruce Lee was in the in the VO booth that day, just eating celery. That's that's what was happening. Sure. Um. But uh. So then, so they got so they got Bolo out, and he puts on an exhibition for the guards, and then Lahans he gets the the day going. Oh and the, I just puts... want to point out the extras here. I want to point out because they're showing all the people's reactions to this. Yeah, and they have the donkiest looking fucks in this extra crowd. I, I like. <laughs> you talk about Bola Young's hair. Look at the hair on these guys. Look at the facial hair. Look at the the face shapes. I mean, it's just they yeah. they pulled in. I, what was the casting call here? I heard that like for a lot of the extras, they it was just dudes. It's just like, oh, here's some guys dudes. hanging out at Hong Kong. Just get some fucking dudes on the street. We're not going to pay them anything. Stand in the background and gape. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. These are not movie stars. These are dudes. No. And I mean, th- there are a shitload of extras in this movie. Uh, there really for all are. Students, so I figured not all of them are martial artists, but boy i mean we didn't talk to and it's not a oneer, but like there's this long tracking shot when you first go to hans island where all these dudes are like in groups of 50 and they're all simultaneously doing like you know their katas and it's very impressive mm-hmm. there could be 500 people in that shot and it, it would if you told me that it wouldn't surprise me yeah this goes on forever um so yeah lee uh Lee then is put it. I don't know why does he why does he put him against his sister's killer, his his right hand man. Does does Han suspect that he was the one? Because he outright accuses Jim Kelly. This. So this is just fort, fortuitous. Uh, the the he killed his sister and this is the first fight he's in. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So this O'Hara guy, he tries. He's just completely outmatched by Bruce Lee, and he tries to cheat and like grab uh bruce lee's feet to like trip him and it just makes lee look cooler because he just 360 Mm -hmm. spin kicks out of this thing uh then it becomes like a a fight like there's one point where he goes to like jump at bruce lee and bruce lee falls back on his back and puts his foot up and he fully impales his crotch on bruce lee's foot (laughs) and the face he makes when that happens is extremely entertaining um, and what I think is really impressive is Bruce Lee is essentially counterattacking. Every single hmm. guy, time this guy winds up to kick or punch for the tail half of this fight, Bruce Lee just steps in and interrupts the attack with yeah. like a, attack twice as fast and twice as hard. And I think it's legitimately impressive. Oh, absolutely. Like the speed. I mean, they start, you know, hand to hand, right? The back of their hands, right. like kind of in their stance. And every time Bruce Lee strikes, it's a blink or miss it kind of thing yeah uh, blink yeah. and you miss it because he's so fast and i don't think any of that is artificially enhanced in any way 
it, it looks all as advertised. And there's this one slow motion kick where, like, usually when you see a person doing, like, these jumping kicks, they're, like, fully extended kick. They're still traveling forward, and it, with the last vestige of the motion, it hits the guy, and they go flying, right? Uh-huh. There's this one kick where Bruce Lee winds up, and it's in slow motion, and the foot is still coiled to strike as it gets in this guy's belly, and then Bruce Lee just unleashes it. Like, mm-hmm. full contact and just, just crumples this dude, sends him flying. Like, it looked legitimate. I, I Yeah, like, uh, if I was that guy, I'd be like, whoa, Bruce, you're too close. Let's just get it the next take, buddy. No, Bruce Lee's just going to fucking crumple you. Yeah, that was, one, that was one of the things. I mean, Bruce Lee was known for, like, kicks that could send a man across a room. Uh, and that that's it. I, I also noticed there was a lot of, like, extra padding added. Like, there's one point in this yeah. scene where you can see a bulge in his sock mm-hmm. on the foot that's going to end up striking this dude's neck. But you see it before that kick, and I'm like, what is that? Why is that there? And then I see the neck kick, and I'm like, oh, that's why. So he doesn't kill this man. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of slow motion that makes it very clear that people are getting hit. And I guess that's one of the yeah. – when Bruce Lee came to start work in America, that was a, a big deal to the American stuntmen is that, like, they don't punch each other. And uh-huh. Bruce, like, couldn't believe it. Like, what? This is going to look fake if you don't. He's like, yeah, but we don't want you punch. And so um, I, I guess there was some early bad blood where Bruce Lee thought the American stuntmen were. I, I, this is this is all stuff I barely remember from Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, you could. Yeah, they're really they're really punching these guys. And at the end, Bruce Lee, he makes the God's lessons are so beautiful face after he double curb stomps this guy's spine. And as he's standing, presumably with his feet in this guy's back, he's doing this, you know, looks up to the heavens is like, you know, he's 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 clean for the first time in in years. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. And now back with more bald move. Hanan confronts Jim Kelly, which I love this line reading where, you know, like, because Jim Kelly's like, what the fuck are you going to do? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of here. This island's crazy. And then Han, like all of his, his, uh, you know, suited henchmen file in and Jim Kelly's like, man, you look, you, you come right out of a comic book, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, we didn't talk about uh, Bruce Lee's quote in the last fight, which is awesome. Uh, they're, they're starting this fight and O'Hara is like showing off a little bit and so he has somebody hold up a board and he breaks it near Bruce Lee's head Yeah, and Bruce Lee is just like boards don't hit back yeah that's that's a great line uh so we uh he, he kills he kills him Jim Kelly's being confronted uh by Han and he tries to get out of it and he's able to dispatch his goons but then that man himself um starts fighting him and he gets not so this is like it's interesting to see the how many different types of movies are embodied within this movie like there's this whole like black exploitation film that's happening with mm-hmm. Jim Kelly and he gets literally knocked into one like <laughs> Han knocks him through a wall and he is in like this swinging 70s Austin Power set where Which everyone I is I think is like an opium den but I'm not I think it's I'm one of the I think it's a room where they're drugging the girls because they're all del- mm. they're deliriously laughing at this man getting beat to death, and it keeps on like looking at their face, and they got like peace symbols, uh, and they're <laughs> uh-huh. wearing like a whole bunch of mod squad shit and it's psychedelic lighting and everything. Um, and Honda beats Jim Kelly unceremoniously to death, 
And there's a couple scenes where like he blocks Jim Kelly's punch and like Jim Kelly re- reacts like he's been hurt. And at the end of the mm-hmm. fight, he peels off the black glove he's been wearing the whole movie and reveals that he has an actual iron fist for a hand. Yeah. Yeah. Badass. I mean, this Didn't is the stuff chance, that works Jim Kelly. Me. This is the stuff where the foreshadowing and the buildup to the final fight is actually in full effect. It's it's the best, most coherent parts of this movie. Yeah. No, like, honestly, I think this last third of the movie holds up pretty well. It's just that, like, all the shit that you got to get there, you have to kind of, like... But it's so funny because the premise we're talking about is so shaky and so thin and so dumb is literally the plot of Mortal Kombat and Bloodsport. Like, sure. those movies are able to get away with that shit because Enter the Dragon exists. Like, you, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay, this premise, you just accept it because it's the Bruce, you know... Uh, yeah, this movie once do. once it's able to get to its its final primary stage and start thrusting it's it's pretty fucking good but because uh, yeah like if you if you take the Roper as some kind of like internationally famous businessman martial artist that's down on his luck and now some uh, you know Chinese underworld boss some renegade shale and monk mm-hmm. is going to try to like induct him into his world of crime this this stuff kind of works yeah. So he gives gives his Roper guy a tour of his museum, and he opines that strength is the most important virtue because without strength, no other virtue could exist. Like if you admire beauty and someone wants to take it from you, well, you better be strong enough to defend the beauty. Or the beauty will be, you know, uh, yeah, it's a that's a that's a point of view. Um, and he's testing his ruthlessness. He wants to know if he mm. would put his head into a guillotine, and Roper's like, no fucking way. So he puts his cat's head in the guillotine and Roper can't even stand that. He rescues the cat. Mm-hmm. Han reveals it's just a mechanism to take them down into his underworld laboratory where he says, hey, I'm investing in corruption. I'm corrupting people with drugs. I'm corrupting women. Uh, I'm sending them all over the world and creating his criminal empire. Do you want in? I don't. I don't understand why Han wants to share this. Like, does he need... I, I think he needs a liaison in the U.S. Uh, that, that to me, is what's happening here. And he doesn't like guns, so he has a... He, he puts, a, like, a supreme price on physical prowess. Like, sure, all my dudes have to be able to kill with their hands because I don't like guns. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's like a Sith Lord that he thinks that he is better than all these guys, too. If he has to, he can beat them with his fists, but he can't with his guns. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Good. Don't think too much about it. Hold together. Speaking of his fists, I love this uh, museum shot where he's got all his his claws, uh, kind of encased in glass and and showing them off. He's got a lot of weird ones. He's got like what I assume is a dragon's foot or something, like this three toed creature looking yeah. thing. Uh huh. He's got. Well, later we'll see the bear claw looking thing that he's got. Uh, he's got a skeleton hand, which I think is just a souvenir of someone he's murdered that doesn't actually attach to his hand or maybe it does i maybe it's up to I think it's, shit i think it's his hand is what i decided oh that's his oh that's his God. actual hand because it's the right hand it's the it's the correct hand it would be does it reattach his, i just think it's like he just keeps it around for like old time's sake and he's got this weird one which is just like a smooth baby hand that's a strong hand. What does he use that for? <laughs> Jerking it, baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Um, 
Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you get, you can't, you can't, you can't go at, you can't go at yourself with the bear claw or the iron hand. Come on, that's I, wild. He still has one good real hand. <laughs> he doesn't need the smooth baby. The hand. stranger? You gotta go see the stranger. Yeah, Come fair, on. fair. Um, so they like, uh, I, I feel like that uh, Roper is kind of like, can you know, kind of like considering it. Like I don't know, maybe because they they made it a point that like this island is his ideal way to live. Like he just fighting dudes and fucking women at night, eating all this mm-hmm. great food, um, and he reveals that his uh, all these beautiful women that are in his uh, inner circle are his daughters for no fucking reason at all. And then he essentially sh- he shows that uh, he killed Jim Kelly. And there's like this pretty provocative, like it's essentially a, a lynched black man that they're displaying in the background. And this this cements Roper like, I don't like this one bit like you've done fucking killed my friend. And uh, mm-hmm. he utterly rejects him. And we stop here to see Bruce Lee. Uh, he's trying to sneak into the communication center and send out a telegram to the British intelligence agent. Um mm-hmm. He does it with I the help of a snake. He, does Bruce Lee just... Imp- I mean, he. I know he doesn't literally improvise, but does the character Lee just improvise the snake shit because he found a snake on the way to the thing and is like, eh, why not? Yeah, seems like it. Like, ah, I don't know, stuff in a bag. It might come in handy later. And then a minute and a half in, it's like, oh, yeah, I can use that snake here. Um, Bruce, Bruce Lee actually bags the snake. Uh, mm-hmm. you can actually see the snake coiling up his arm as he's trying to shove it into the sack. I, I read on uh, a trivia site that Bruce Lee had to slap this Cobra t- a total of 11 times in 11 different takes. Uh, and he only got bit once. Yeah. But you got bit by a Cobra. Like you only got bit by a poisonous snake once is kind of badass, honestly. Apparently had its venom sack removed, which, you know, good, yeah, cause... that takes that takes the spice out of it, doesn't it? But I, I love its effect in the movie because it's yet another way that they're showing that he is more badass than anybody else on this island, right? Like, you've yeah. got Han's goons here uh, in their little, I don't know, communications booth. Yeah. And not only has he bagged this snake, but he releases this snake in, and the way they react is to jump literally through plate glass windows to get away from it. <laughs> they are so scared of this snake and his eye roll stuff that he does when they react is funny. so good he's like my god I can't believe I hold a bunch of wusses he's just sitting on the other side of his door listening because it's like a bomb goes off in that booth when they discover uh-huh. a snake and these guys just <laughs> hopping out a window like you said through plate glass windows which is far more dangerous than especially a defanged snake but mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was really funny and uh, he gets a message off which sends out an alarm uh, now, like, Geyser's pouring out of the woodwork to try to thwart him, and I like just how, I mean, again, the real uh, martial arts heads dislike this about Bruce Lee's style, that he just, like, throws dudes like they're made out of balsa wood, but I think it's fucking cool when he, like, does mm-hmm. this explosive move, and, like, he lands an uppercut on some dude that legitimately seems like it sends a dude in the orbit. Yeah. I don't know whether they have ropes or something on it, but, like... And he starts off with his hands and his, his feet. Somehow gets a staff, starts fighting with that, then two sticks, then nunchucks. Like, single-handedly, Bruce Lee is making uh, mall ninja shit viable in the in the 20th century. Like, you are... <laughs> he is the reason why you're fucking with, with nunchucks and ninja stars in the 80s, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I, can't, uh, I just imagine, like, 
first of all, I love that he's actually killing people here. He's not just beating people and they go unconscious and can't fight him anymore. He's murdering people. That's yeah. that's that edge I'm talking about. Uh, and then I think about like those nunchucks he's using. The force generated, like with his speed and the way that the, that weapon works, the amount of force he must be hitting these people with is insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonder. Only one hit to the skull and the people go down, right? Oh, yeah. What's really funny about this fight in particular is I saw the DNA of this fight in the, like, three different fights in Drunken Master. Okay. Uh, in particular, there's a lot of, like, the final fight in the factory. Um, and then there's also a little bit of, like, when he's using the bow staff, there's a lot of the uh, a bundle of bamboo moves in mm. that fight. The yeah, difference yeah. is, like... You can almost feel like where the beat would go. Like Jackie Chan would be like punch, 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 something funny happened. Punch, mm-hmm. kick, punch, something funny happened. Where Bruce Lee, just like where something funny is supposed to happen, he kills the guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just snaps the guy's neck. He does a lot of curb stomping spines in this movie. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, just snapping necks. And again, like uh, the slow motion. Jackie, that's a hallmark of Jackie Chan in his younger days, too, where they would film stuff in slow mode just so you could appreciate how insane the timing was mm-hmm. uh, for guys almost getting crushed or getting their heads knocked off. And it, it works just as well in this one. Yeah. Uh, there's a really funny scene of like this. So this English guy at the beginning of the movie told Bruce Lee that like, hey, if you ever are in trouble uh, or if you ever get a lead, call contact this number and someone will come running. Because we all actually, I'm not actually working for the British intelligence. I work for this supranational intelligence group that provides information to interested parties and they'll send somebody. But there's this like unintentional comedy where like this guy's waking up and like, you know, I don't know. It looks like uh, this this fancy mansion and he's sitting down. He's, he's having his breakfast in bre- bed and there's like this folded note and he gets it. And it's like, good God, this call came in along. No one bothered to wake him up. And like mm-hmm. Bruce Lee is fighting for his life on his island and dudes are like holding his distress call over their fucking eggs benedict i thought that was really funny yeah yeah when they set the tea set down next to him i'm just laughing out loud uh so the han decides he's captured lee and he's gonna cause roper to fight him because roper has spurned his advances um instead is uh, roper refuses so they unleash bolo on him and Roper is like, leave this guy to me. And I'm like, wow. Bolo quickly gets mm-hmm. the better of him in a submission move and he bites his way out of it. Yeah. Takes a bite of his calf. I, I mean, I, I guess if there's no holds barred and someone's about to snap your, your arm, you, you, you bite their, their calf. But this, uh, this just, just really turns a tide on poor Bolo young mm. and, uh, killed by a able- crowd shot. He gets, yeah, like, I guess Bully Young's testicles just, just get exploded because he, <laughs> like, he's done. He's done for after that happens. And now it's a it's a general melee. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, agent girl that Bruce Lee made contact with is sneaks down to the dungeons and lets all the, I guess, political prisoners, uh, the, all the guys from the tournaments that refused to fight for him. I don't know what, he's just got a dungeon full of dudes. <laughs> yeah. They don't explain it, right? They don't. They they're it's in the context he, of he's explaining his business operations too. He's to like Roper. here's my drug. You're right. Here is my drug den. I'm making drugs and getting people hooked. I'm 
Here's the women who are shaking their heads. No, they do not consent to this as my nurse is injecting them with drugs. And when we already know they're going to be shipped off to be sex slaves for rich and powerful weirdos. Right. And then he goes to the dungeons and he's like, and this is my collection of old men. (laughs) <laughs> they just move on he's like drunkards like i know but it's like you live in a private island where the fuck did these guys come right. from like and, and i'm like what what part of the business operation is this i get okay you got to do away with these guys maybe there's a there's a graveyard full of these dudes but no to he just, just feeds keep them. them there i just feel bad i feel bad to kill them i mean they work their day they they <laughs> they forged their bodies in the fires of their will it just like you know i gotta true um man so like so all the prisoners come out and it's just a general fucking melee meanwhile i'm telling you watch this movie this movie is on hbo max right now it's on max mm-hmm. um as well as blood sports it makes a great one two combo um look at bruce lee advancing on these guys mm-hmm. it's like he's approaching a buffet and he wants to know what you know whether he wants to start with like <laughs> you know meat or potatoes you know he's just like is it looking... really all you can eat really yeah <laughs> it's it's just like he's this there's this hunger uh when he's like going and like finding the guy he's going to snap the neck God. up next and his meat me mug is just i i mean it's why he has a one in charisma the, the, the yes. looks that he gives in this movie yes like i've never seen him like be a romantic lead I've never seen him like lead a squad of men, but I have seen him stride across a battlefield looking for some dude to kill, and it's pretty scary. Um, meanwhile, so Han decides he's going to push the panic button, which is essentially going back to his. There's a little chest by his throne, and guess what he's got in there? A bear claw, not the donut. Mm-hmm. Apparently, a bear claw that has not- had its. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say not the long claw. He's got he. He uses three claws in this entire like, sequence, I guess. This yeah. one is like the short Vega hand, you know, Vega from Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. This is the short one with the three claws. It's covered in fur, and the, the the claws are coming no. straight down. Right? This isn't is that, the bear claw? Is that right? I didn't think I this said was the bear puts claw. On, I thought it, said, it says it puts on the bear claw, and I think it's okay. the bear claw. <laughs> okay, it might have been, but he's going to put on a longer one later. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I love right, how this the bear claw to the face sets off Bruce Lee. So, and I love how this works in the context of the fight because now Han is going to start fighting guys, but it works the same way every time. He's going to exchange like uh, he's going to uh, block. He's going to punch with his non fist. He's going to block and he's going to swipe with his bear claw. And then the stunt man is going to turn towards the camera with three bloody stripes on his face and go ah, and then die every single <laughs> yep. time. Guy stunt man with his back. <laughs> takes three punches and he turns around to reveal that he's been viciously lipsticked. Uh, yeah, Cause that's what like the, the, when I say scratches, I literally mean just red paint, bright red paint. There's no latex torn flesh. It's very, very tame. Um, yeah. So they then have a fighting, fighting battle that leads to this old, the Hans museum, which we already know is loaded with claws. Actually, I didn't see as many claws as I thought mm-hmm. we might, because this whole museum is fighting claws, and we get to see like what one or two more. Yeah. Um, you never get to love, see the baby hand. Unfortunately, you don't get to see the strong hand. Um, <laughs> it yeah, the movie be X if you did. 
I love Bruce Lee striding. So he comes into the museum and he he uh, levels this this glare at Han. He goes, "You have offended my family and my temple," and it's like essentially prepare to die. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of first per- I, some of the first person in this movie I don't think really worked, but I thought especially seeing how this dude's sixty years old. I thought the first person shit worked pretty well where it's always like you see Han's claw in the center of the camera trying to get like uh, Bruce mm-hmm. Lee and Bruce Lee's like dodging all around it. Um, Man, and there's one shot that I know it's a dummy. It's got to be a dummy because you kill somebody if you do this to them, really. Yeah. But like there's a shot where the camera's facing Bruce Lee. It's supposed to be like a POV of Han and the kick that Bruce Lee delivers like right across the camera, across the frame. Yeah connects with something that is a dummy head yeah and the way it whips out a frame is terrifying the the amount of power that it implies in that kick well it's also kind of like it's one of those things where like if you recontextualize some of the stuff you've seen in the movie as bruce lee holding back so he doesn't smash some dude's face to pieces like until he gets the bear claw to the face and then he unleashes everything yeah and when he's kicking something he knows is artificial like how much more Uh violent it is Uh, right and again you, you mean the real life like the filming like he's yeah. holding back yeah, yeah 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 he has to be he has to be of course yeah um so you know and and like han's doing his best he's getting the you know he's getting a blow here and there but it just it just makes bruce lee look cooler and i thought it was super satisfying that the way this in a kind of a walt disney movie kind of way that the villain essentially defeats himself like his mm-hmm. his aggressive attacks with the weapons sticks the spear into the door that leads mm-hmm. to the mirror match and then that eventually getting turned around and impaling him. I thought that was really cool. And then how many times have we seen dudes fight in the mirror hollow mirrors in the movies? Since like, this a ton. I mean Stranger Things did times. it. There's so many so many things. Yeah. John Wick three. I've uh-huh. seen this a million times. This still might be the best one I've ever seen. It's really good. This is such a cool set. I don't know how they I honestly don't know how they constructed to get so many facets or whether they did some trick photography to where like they'd have Bruce Lee approach from three different ways and then composite that together. But the way they've done this with the fractal imagery that looks so cool, like Bruce Lee is doing that shale and sidestep through this hallway. Mm-hmm. And like right before he gets in a frame, you see like 16 different slices of Bruce Lee walk across. Yeah. And then after he crosses, you see it in reverse and it's just, it's such and then a he cool... comes into frame through the other side. You know, it's, it's yeah. surprising angles that you think are impossible. And it, it like there's a couple points where you think you're following Bruce Lee and he like bumps into a mirror and you realize you've been in front of him the whole way. Like it's genuinely feels dis- disorientating to where yes. like when Han comes out from behind a mirror and slashes him and d- disappears. It's like, I actually think this might work again. Uh-huh. I don't know how they built this, what kind of trick, but like it is the most impressive mirror match I've ever ever seen and has influenced there's there's probably been 50 films doing this since because mm-hmm. it was in this film and it gives it just gives the fight so much extra spice in terms of visual interest and within the world of the film this is han's home turf like yeah. this is essentially fighting a great white in the ocean like he's not disorientated by these mirrors at all mm-hmm. and leads up to the climactic moment where you know this is um uh, this is his you know, baby Frank. hand room. He's intimately familiar with all the angles. <laughs> he wants to see it from every angle, dude. Uh-huh. Oh my god! <laughs> you need to let this baby hand shit die. I think it's a jerkatorium. 
<laughs> oh, I would hate to be the person that has to clean so oh, many, yeah. oh, so yeah. many mirrors. You're surfaces. rubbing a spot for three hours. You realize, oh, it's across the room. Oops. <laughs> I just can't get this booge. It's um. So Bruce Lee gets the uh. the bright idea to start breaking the mirrors, and there's great montage of him just shattering every mirror that's around, and that's able to enable him to quickly defeat Han. And then when Han is defeated. There might be 30 seconds left of this movie. Yep. Like you gotta show Bruce the madam. Yep. Yeah, the madam, like like you said, you, you got the uh you got the Johnny Cage looking over the battlefield, seeing the madam die and be like, oh shit, that sucks. For like <laughs> I two know seconds. Who killed her? Who who what? what fucking lunatic went out there to fight the guys in white and ended up murdering the madam? Yeah, yeah, she just got caught she caught in a crossfire. Uh a punch crossfire? I yeah, it's weird that she dies. I'll just say that. It it is weird. Like, why not just let her ha- let him have the happy ending with the girl, I guess. Um but the but she's there, evil. there's there's I mean, I guess the the old yeah. man killed her, right? Cuz she was running the operation here. Probably. Uh there's two military helicopters flying in to let you know that the cavalry's coming and Bruce Lee and John Saxton <laughs> roll look. their eyes. And they they literally give each other a thumbs up, and then that's that's it. It's like a Mentos well, commercial to end the I, movie. I just I love the reaction to the helicopters coming in. They're just like, Jesus, about time, guys! Right? We've we've yeah, mopped up a lot. everything, which uh-huh. makes the the makes the uh, breakfast scene with uh, Braithwaite even funnier. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, but yeah, and then that's it. We already had the the credits were already done up front. Like this movie's fucking done. This month, this movie goes yeah. from zero from 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 a hundred miles an hour to zero in record time. Uh, and you don't have all like a ton of you know special effects teams working on this stuff. So credits are short. Credits are like a minute and a half, and you're out. Yeah, I I thought about that too when I was looking at the time frame of like when this thing was finished versus when Bruce Lee died versus when it premiered, and I'm like. It just struck me as like there's no post production. You fucking develop no. this shit, you edit this shit. I guess you had to do the the big post production would be ADRing the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. But there's no special effects. Like you don't have to send nope. this off to a render farm for nine months to have a million, <laughs> right. you know, hundred thousand names at the. It's like it's done. It's just done. Mm-hmm. All the effects were in camera. As we like to say, um, and that's it. We, I mean, I don't, I don't like. I just should the podcast end as unceremoniously as the movie. We I think talked so. about Bruce Lee. I wish. Um, I hope we get to do another Bruce Lee. I hear his consensus best from like his Legend of Drunken Master, which mm-hmm. is kind of the consensus best Jackie Chan film, is Fist of Fury, which I've never seen. Pretty sure I've seen all of his movies, but I couldn't tell you again which one that is. Yeah, and we say all your his movies. You're talking about the movies he his, like starred in, because like the, the oh ones that were God. released here in America. No, yeah, not those. Not not his old Hong Kong stuff. The other thing is, since his dad was famous and in movies and television, I guess like Bruce Lee, his first film role was three months old, something with his dad, and yeah, then he, saw he was, was in... like a bit of a child actor that he did a lot of stuff with his dad. Yeah, in back the in the 40s. Hong Kong opera, mm-hmm. which I don't. Hong Kong opera. Um, I don't know whether he was like that. That's because like it didn't seem like it was literally opera. It's more of like that style. Like there was definitely singing and dance, mm. but all action scenes and stuff and Just um, like traumatic stage play type stuff or 
Yeah, and like uh, there's a one-liner in his bag about him uh, in his Wikipedia article about him winning a, cha- a cha-cha championship in Hong Kong when he was like 17. Hmm. Uh, right. So clearly, the guy had moves all over the place. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing another one of these, um, and why not do the Fist of Fury? I'm also interested. What was the one that uh, he, the one that he wrote and directed, and was half finished when he died? Game of Death. Game of Death. Yeah, so Jabbar, the yellow jumpsuit. That's yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I would love, man. I. It's a damn shame that he couldn't at least write and direct one film. Mm-hmm. like entirely his with an American production, American budget before he died, because you could just get in a little bit of it, a little bit of a taste of like, you know, what would Bruce Lee, what would the ultimate synthesis of his life, his philosophy, his martial arts, his appreciation of uh, film, American culture, like mm-hmm. what, what would he, he come up with? And, you know, you essentially got like this film that he had like, what I think he shot a third of. And then this John Klaus guy, took and took a bunch of unfinished film and b-roll footage and fights and 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 have you have you seen that one? Oh yeah yeah I've seen that is it it's good I, I mean you probably haven't seen it because i was like i my, my big question is like is it good because you know i i remember it being good but i have not seen it in a long time and i don't think when i saw it i realized that it was like half finished um yeah. so i'd really like to go back with that context and take a look at it and see if you can find the points where they're just like ah throw in some old stock footage and just call it good um it's also kind of like we talked about the mystique of bruce lee we didn't really say anything about brandon lee because i think oh, yeah. some at least a part of the mystique is the wild thing that his son died just a few yeah. years apart from when his dad died making a film from through some tragic uh gun you know like like a mishandled prop gun and yeah, he's making the crow. Yeah, I do wonder like what would have happened to Bruce Lee's mystique had Brandon gone on to have like a successful mar- uh, you know, action uh or if like Brandon just decided not to get in acting at all. Like did that Yeah. Like you almost got this 30-year standing Bruce Lee wave legacy where it's like right when maybe that star would have dimmed, like a whole generation was made available uh was was reinterested because his son his son died at almost the same age. Uh, poised on the cusp of potential Hollywood superstardom. Yeah, no, it's c- kind of one of the most tragic and disappointing things in all of Hollywood lore for me because I'm a yeah. fan of the genre and it seems like two opportunities were given here for the Lee family to contribute in huge ways to the genre and they were just cut short, both of them. Yeah. It's funny because like I never got into kung fu in a structured way like my dad was into it and i remember there was late late night kung fu films that we would watch together and i'd um when i moved back when i moved back to cincinnati for a couple of months i didn't have cable for some reason and i got this you know the the high def aerial and i guess cincinnati Mm -hmm. had this thing called kung fu fridays that ran nice. in the 80s and 90s for like 20 years and they were showing those a 24 7 hour marathon on one of the sub channels and like for months i would just like anytime i wanted to i could watch like from some of them were like from the 50s like some really old kung fu films and some mm-hmm. of the like really fantastical wire like 60s and 70s wire it, I, so i have like more of an 
appreciation, but I don't have, I'm not steeped in the lore. It seems like you've gone and like in a much more structured way, watched these films than I have. Uh, I don't know that I've done it in a super structured way. I've kind of seen the stars that I like and picked out their stuff that sounded interesting and watched it, um, with a little more intentionality, I guess, than just, you know, when I was a teenager picking up half a movie that my dad was watching and having my mom come in and go, should you be watching that? Right. <laughs> and me getting kicked out of the room. Uh, but yeah, I, not super structured, but definitely I've, I've got my experience with Chan and Lee and uh, T- heard- Tony Jaw was then like a big revival for me. Right. That was another name that I was one I thought would I, I kept on. It was on the tip of my tongue. Um, that was like 2000s, early 2000s. Right. Did uh, I, I heard that Bill O. Young and Bruce Lee actually were in a lot of movies together. Um, it's just hmm. that uh, they did never fight and he was kind of like a friend slash disciple of Lee, but I don't know. Gotcha. I feel like I did a lot of reading about Bruce Lee, but I only scratched the surface of what you could find out. Like, yeah, yeah. for a guy who lived such a short life, there has been just an enormous amount of, you know, legend and meme and myth and actual super interesting history. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. hard, hard to tell apart. Yeah, he took he took um, everything very seriously. I mean, he, he seemed like you know, a guy who uh, liked to joke and he was very affable, but also he took his life very seriously and took his, uh, I guess, skills very seriously and just kind of kind of everything he treated with a level of seriousness that made his life kind of add up to more than, I guess, the sum of its years. He kind of reminds me of Arnold in that way, in that, like, yeah. even when Arnold was doing stupid shit, like, you know, Conan and Hercule- Hercules in love, and, you know, uh, he-, he was always very, like I said, took it seriously. He was studious about it, uh, studious mm-hmm. about the art and the way he approached, like, bodybuilding, business, uh, everything. And mm-hmm. I feel like Bruce Lee would have been a huge force in Hollywood because I don't know why he wouldn't have been able to do all that stuff as well. You know? I agree. Yeah, yeah. It would have changed a lot of people's careers, I'm sure. Um, but it, you know, it already did. Um, that's Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. That's Enter the Dragon. That wraps up our badass fest. We got one more uh, badass debate. We're gonna be hosting this Wednesday. If the tech gods smile upon us on Twitch.tv/baldmove, we're gonna doing some final tweaks to our badass lists, and uh, you know, kind of putting things in shape uh, to survive the mothballing until next year, and. Uh, I've had a lot of fun. It's always mm-hmm. one of the highlights of the calendar year, Bald Move. I hope you guys have appreciated our our uh, our celebration of uh, big muscles, big guns, big explosions, big kicks. The groin trauma, apparently, was a big theme for <laughs> this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots lots of exploded testes in this movie. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll be back next year for another Badass, Badass Fest 6. This has been one for the history books. Thanks for being on the journey with us. Uh, hope to see you on the debates on noon Wednesday, twitch.tv slash bald move. If not, check out the replay or I guess a recording and we'll see you next year. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya. <laughs>